Welcome to episode 11 of Cartel Conversations, the podcast of the Micro Model Railroad Cartel. Joining me tonight is our co-host, Ian Holmes. How are you doing this evening, Ian? Good, Tom. I'm good. I'm enjoying the white winter landscape of Minnesota right now. I've had a uh, a white Christmas, so I'm very happy there. And I hope that uh, all of our listeners had a, a very Merry Christmas and got lots of good model railroad related things in their Christmas stockings uh, so that they can work on their projects in the new year. I myself received a magnetic gluing jig from uh, from Micromark. I'm looking forward to using that and uh, perhaps now my buildings, my model buildings won't have so many gluey fingerprints on them. Uh, so... <laughs> So how about you, Tom? Anything for your layout projects? Uh, what are you working on now? Well, uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't get any model railway items this year. Uh, wasn't that I was bad. It's just that uh, uh, last year I got my sound equipped loco. That was kind of a, a birthday gift, Christmas gift, and and technically could have been this year's gift too because it was a bit expensive <laughs> so <laughs> you know that that old uh, railroad capital equipment is not cheap by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> oh. but uh you know i i had some other things i had to get practical gifts this year i just mm-hmm. i couldn't keep putting that stuff off so yeah. you know I, it wasn't it wasn't socks and underwear so at least it wasn't that kind of stuff but you know <laughs> like the you know the stuff you throw over your shoulder when you were a kid yeah. but uh anyway um and I haven't really done any layout work. I've been uh, uh, focusing on a lot of my uh, non-railway hobby interests and been kind of caught up in that right now. So haven't really done anything with that. But I have been thinking about what I need to do next with my Heron Micro. I'm at the stage now where I need to start planning some buildings, uh, the backdrops, and then how I'm going to do some of the scenery elements one of the big things I have on the scenery element is, is some of the uh, track is uh, embedded in pavement. Mm-hmm. And I'm just debating on, I've done a couple different techniques. I've used like uh, Woodland Scenic Smooth It. Yeah. I've used um, a Spackle before mm-hmm. and some different things. And just kind of trying to decide how I was going to do that. I also looked the other day at uh, the actual location where the old Maytag appliance uh, factory was. And there's something new there. I don't know what business went in there, but they have repaved a lot of that area. The satellite imagery is already updated since the last mm-hmm. time uh, that I had visited uh, through Google Maps. And they have done some extensive uh, repaving and all. And a lot of the track work that I could see in the satellite photos um, can't see it anymore because it's 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 black asphalt now and it's, everything's blended in. But fortunately, I screenshot some of those images back when they had the old satellite images. Mm-hmm. So I've got those on file, so I don't have to worry about that. But it's really hard. They've really changed some things around. They've tore down some of the uh, the old buildings that used to uh, lead in where the tracks led into the building. And it's, uh, it's a lot different. It's funny how that stuff will change. So fortunately, I got those photos. And I'm just thinking about how I want to do all that. So I'm still kicking yeah. around some ideas. But I'm thinking after the first of the year, I've got a couple of uh, – I'm going to get some uh, – my Christmas village with my uh, Lionel trolley, when that comes down, I'll be able to set up my workbench table and uh, start uh, working on that. So hopefully by uh, episode 12, I should have uh, some work starting on that. Excellent. Hopefully. <laughs> excellent. Excellent news. Yeah. How about yourself? What have you been working on? Well, uh, the 7 eighths 
scale layout that I've been uh, working on, that's come up against a uh, a couple of stumbling blocks. Uh, firstly, I've been I've been having issues with this for a while. It's getting the uh, wagon turntable, getting that to work the way that I want it to. It, it's been quite the problem. It's, it's really destroyed the momentum of the project. And uh, then there's the sheer quality of work from the other guys working in the seven eighths. It's it's rather humbling you know it's like one modeler has laid four square feet of seven eighth inch scale hardwood floor and another guy has like 3d printed his own track you know so i was like and hold on a lot of, Hard, hardwood floor you mean in in a in a structure yeah is oh my oh man okay i quit right now <laughs> wow yeah it's, yeah it's um his the subject of his model is a very famous hospital tramway from canada i mean it's it's a place i've thought about modeling before i can't remember the name of the hospital but uh it was used for like delivering um meals to the wards and stuff like that mm. and they were the correct there's pictures of these corridors and they've got with the train in them and it's all hardwood floor and he's this guy michael mott good friend of mine he has laid four square feet of hardwood floor in seven inch scale so i was like wow i'm just numb at that you know i'm feeling really out of my depth with <laughs> seven eighth scale i mean all i've done is like work out how to make uh press steel track from corrugated uh styrenes uh yeah i'm definitely feeling a little bit out of my depth but and i need to get my uh motivation back and um so i've come up with some ideas and we'll talk about those soon okay good over the coming podcasts, we'll delve a little deeper into space-saving devices and techniques that you can use to squeeze a little more out of your micro layouts. Uh, sooner than jump right in at the deep end, so to speak, and cover tracks or trains, I thought we'd start with some discussion about low-relief structures and building flats. Uh, they're very important in the micro layout design world. I'm, I'm sure we're all familiar with the terms low-relief and uh, building flats in model railway terms but just in case you got your first model trains this christmas and you're you're listening to our podcast here's what we mean a flat is what it says it is it's just a flat wall that can be used to make the back scene of your layout but don't forget just because it says it's a building flat it isn't flat the simple addition of window sills drain pipes and gutters where appropriate make a huge difference to the final effect of the structure a low relief structure is the same but has some noticeable depth to it not much maybe as little as an inch perhaps less maybe enough to run a track into a structure model for offstage storage some people will try to bamboozle you with terms like three-quarter or half relief or semi-relief or something else but when all it means is the same thing it's like not the entire depth of the building and a clever trick from a micro layout design point of view is to mix flats and low relief so that the background to your layout is not uniformly flat. Uh, you could even mix different scales, you know, have your background flat a smaller scale than the uh, low relief buildings on your layout to force the perspective and create a, an illusion of depth. You know, you'll have if you're working in HO scale, you can have low relief HO scale buildings and then your background flat is maybe end scale and that forces the perspective and makes things 
look deeper than they are and it can be done very well if you've got like say some uh, industrial buildings and some pipework and a bridge running between the two buildings then a smaller scale flat behind those can really accentuate the depth and look really really good i mean if you're looking for great examples of uh, forced perspective modeling take a look on the internet and search for jack nelson's uh, london and northwestern railway dioramas they were made in like the late 1960s early 1970s and they were ahead of their time they're absolutely excellent that's worth well worth searching out the structures of course they're very useful hide the exit to your offstage storage areas or if you're running a track into a building in the middle of the middle of the layout i mean it's a great place to do some five-fingered switching you know you drive a train in and switch it around in the building and nobody knows but most importantly for a micro especially in an urban or industrial locale they define the edges of your model you know a big brick or concrete wall can be most effective in delineating the limits of your layout and because uh, this doesn't just apply in urban scenes with big factories you know rural scenes can benefit from the space saving benefits of low relief models you know something like a um a grain elevator for example i mean if you don't need to model the whole grain elevator model it in half relief you know the inches that you can save in the depth of the scene can be used somewhere else how deep is a grain elevator in ho scale something like four or five inches with the silos something like that you know if you half relief it and face it you know, a silo is only a circle you only really need a semicircle to model mm-hmm. a silo you know, there you are you save two and a half inches if you half relief your silos so that's you're saving space that way so despite the small size of the layouts, you know, low relief and building flats can change the atmosphere of your layout. You know, I mean, you might have a four square foot layout, but if you model low relief buildings, big low relief, big factory low relief buildings, huge structures that in the real world would be way bigger than your four square feet micro, you know, it'll take up next to no room on your micro i mean and a big factory means lots of traffic for a busy little layout yeah absolutely you know you and i use building flats quite often on my model railways even uh, my non micro layouts but especially whenever i'm building a micro just because of the space savings my grocery warehouse on my water out food services micro uh, that's a that's a good example of one it's uh, got three doors and you know it provides a variety of switching just it's not even a half inch thick and then my latest project, which is the Heron Micro, it's going to also use building flats. And actually, one of the things that I have on the Heron is where I had to really squeeze in the track on the prototype. There was a track that that comes through and comes around the side and, and it curves, but it would go all the way down uh, the length of the building. And then there were some, um, uh, oh, some storage tanks there. And, I'm not sure if they had tank cars there. I think from some of the photos I looked at from the previous uh, Maytag industry that was there, uh, they used to store uh, um, chemical cars on that track. I just barely had enough room to get that track squeeze in where the the track uh, radius wasn't real tight. And all I'm going to be able to do is put a basically just a building flat that's flat. I'm going to take a photo and put it on a piece of cardstock and and glue it to the backdrop 
where that track runs up so close. But then as it gets closer where the track begins to curve back and it gets closer to where the crossing tracks come in and actually come into the plant, I'm going to have a little bump out where the prototype, it bumps out. And that will be probably anywhere from two to three inches that will bump out. And then it will come over and then the next side that's going to the north, uh, that one will actually, I could probably do about an inch, maybe anywhere from a half inch to an inch and a half. And that'll extend onto the back of the backdrop. So uh, very, very uh, uh, useful uh, when building a micro. And my heron's a perfect example of going from just a flat one to having a little bit of depth in it. And so there's a lot of variety that you can do with that. And it's really up to you. You can just add a few inches of depth and that does add more interest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's worth hammering this point home a bit that a building flat isn't flat right you know right. we talk about a flat but it's an absolute minimal kind of like depth to these things it's like because i um my office at work is like i'm in an industrial park i'm in the office building and across from my well i can see it out of my office window i can see the railroad i can see the plymouth industrial park here in mm-hmm. in minnesota in plymouth minnesota and there are wonderful warehouses there and you, you look at them you look at them from a distance and they are basically you know they are block built concrete built things but half of it is like block concrete second half the second level is like some kind of like corrugated cladding material and it's like mm. painted in a contrasting color you know and just to model that difference between the flat of the concrete and the corrugations of the um the siding at the top that's the kind of thing that makes a building pop mm-hmm. even if you're only like changing the uh depth of the building by like a couple of millimeters to get this corrugated siding in you know, it's worth it. It, it. it looks much better than like having like a flat photograph. Right. You know, yeah. You know, I could go out there and I could photograph this office building and I stick it on cardboard, stick it on the back of the layout and bingo, they are building flat. Yeah. You know, Ian, on my Owensville terminal, even though that's technically not a micro, uh, you know, the section I was working on, I was working on about an 18 or about a 12 inch by about 18, 20 inch section mm-hmm. and you remember those uh, brick buildings that i i had those uh, building flats yeah those are i actually ordered those through a um, company on ebay and they're mounted on foam core board it's you know what is it, five millimeter thick yeah but with that on the back and then i have a a photo pasted to uh the very back side uh and it's only 12 inches wide and it's a it's a railroad tower uh, interchange, you know, interlocking tower, and that's flat. It's just glued straight to the blue sky backdrop. Mm-hmm. But then from that on the on the right side, and then where you're standing in front of layout, I've got those, you know, five millimeter thick images, and then I've also got a plastic kit that I mounted on one too that are just building flats. I mean, they're up against it, but they're they're five millimeters thick. That really, you know, you remember seeing the photos. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it just it looks because you even made a comment about how, you know, that photo backdrop looked real. You know, it made the realism and it mm-hmm. and it's only five millimeters. I, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be that thick. But what you were saying is true. Even just a little bit of thickness, it just adds a different dimension to it than just strictly stuck to the, you know, flat on a backdrop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
There have been plenty of model railway layout competitions and challenges circulating the internet since the beginning of all this COVID nonsense, uh, getting people to do things while locked up. And uh, we pondered on the idea of having one ourselves here for cartel members. Uh, we held off thinking that there was probably enough competitions out there. But as there still doesn't seem to be much of an end in sight to COVID, vaccinations notwithstanding, we'll add our challenge to the mix. There's no prizes except perhaps being the cover photo on the Facebook page for a while. But rather than a competition, just think of it as a challenge to learn and develop new skills about micro layout designing and building. It's just the thing if you haven't built a micro layout before. You know, think of it as uh, replacing the uh, eight foot by four foot plywood central projects from Model Railroad uh, that are around at this time of year. So here it is. For the first one, well, we're going to try and keep it as simple as we possibly can. We want you to design a micro layout featuring a small flag stop station. Oh, that's a halt in UK parlance in a one square foot scenic area. Any materials, any scale, any prototype, just as long as the finished model scenic area is one square foot. And don't forget, uh, one square foot and one foot square are not necessarily the same thing. 12 inches by 12 inches, one foot square, it's blindingly obviously one square foot. But 24 inches by 6 inches, 18 inches by 8 inches is actually is one square foot as well. In fact, 19 inches by 7 inches is actually less than one square foot. So, I mean, you could have your baseboard deeper in the middle than it is at the ends. Uh, any odd shape you like as long as it's one square foot in area you know you can be clever with scenic features and maybe pop a low relief building or some building flats in there somewhere you know design it you know make a mock-up of it if you want uh, i know some of our listeners are quite handy with layout designing software so maybe make a 3d rendering of your idea you know perhaps if you're really brave and you've got some spare stock out there lying around Build it, you know, just try and think outside the box and look at things in a different way. But is it okay to build one in a box? <laughs> Sorry, I know, stick to my, I don't think out of the box. It doesn't, you know. Uh, sorry, I know, stick to my day job. Um, give up the comedy, Tom. That's not your, that's not your area. Okay, I couldn't resist. But anyway, uh, yeah, this is a, uh, this is a great idea. I've been kicking around some ideas myself. I've got a an ON30 locomotive that I bought a couple of years ago, and and I'm thinking, you know, this might be the perfect excuse to uh, pick up some rolling stock, uh, maybe a combine coach. And uh, you know, I got an excuse now to spend some money uh, to to build this project. And the competition is it's not really a competition; it's a challenge. So. Even though I'm technically a, a moderator and you and I, Ian, are doing this, there's really no prizes involved in this. So uh, yourself and myself, we can participate in this too, right? Or are we excluded because we're the uh, moderators? Well, I've got half a dozen ideas lined up already, Tom, so I'm taking part. Okay, good. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just didn't, didn't want to just assume on that one, you know, or presume. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I like a good challenge, and I'm really interested in seeing what uh, ideas people come up with. I'm, uh, I'm just amazed sometimes at some of the things that people come up with with such limited spaces. You know, I look at that and I thought, why didn't I think of that? I thought, that is, that is such a great idea. So I'm really interested to see what people come up with. And we may have to borrow some of those ideas in the future yeah, with our own layout. So. <laughs> it's about things being 
people being creative right now, but look at some of the stuff that uh, the one thirty second guys are like posting on the uh, on the cartel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. page. I mean um, that tramway depot. Yeah, that awesome. is outstanding. And then there's the that radio controlled layout with the um, like six inch radius curves and, mm-hmm. and small. I mean it's. Like, People are being so creative, and that's so exciting for me, you know, to to see people pushing the boundaries again, and that's that's great. There's an excitement back in micro layout designing that hasn't been there for a long time. Yes, mm-hmm. good stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, the end of the show is uh, drawing near, and uh, it's time to share with you some of our favourite links of the moment. Uh, uh, this is uh, quite a popular feature amongst some of you. We know that we've had some very positive feedback about this link section. So uh, we'll share a couple, share a few that we we found that we are, we are, we think you might find interesting. The first one is not really a link, but did you know that there's a Wikipedia page for model railway layouts? If you go to Wikipedia, look up list of model railways. There's a lot of great and famous names on the list. There's no micros, of course, but there's a lot of inspiration. Some of the layouts themselves have Wikipedia pages, and others actually serve as a starting point for internet searches. Wikipedia, you can find anything. I have uh, two current favorite sites. As, As I mentioned at the top of the show, I've been in a bit of a slump because of the problems I've been having with the 7 8 scale layout. But there's a couple of favorite sites of mine have really been helping me out of my slump. Uh, the first one, um, I might have mentioned this one before, but uh, paxtonroad.blogspot.com. That's P-A-X-T-O-N hyphen R-O-A-D dot blogspot.com. That's James Hilton's excellent blog it's full of uh, full of details of all his uh, little projects so his layout he also does commissions for layout building kit building he also makes the kits for planet industrials which is a a range of uh, kits for industrial locomotives and a whole host of other things and his blog is full of details about how he designs these things and how he puts them together and he's also got some great little ideas for little project layouts and things that like would fit in a flight case and uh things like that great visualization sketches so that you really see how the layouts would pull together in the real thing and uh, there's a lot of very small stuff there the great micros and it's well worth looking at it's a very addictive website then there's davidksmith.com david i don't know if you remember but many years ago david was the man responsible for some ridiculously tiny animations in n scale i don't know do you remember he made a working ho scale layout and modeled it in n scale for a shop a shop window display on Hmm. his n N scale layout of his wow it was a ridiculously tiny thing i can't even begin to describe it but it was like no bigger than your thumbnail Hmm. But he, somehow he'd worked out how to have a ring on the end of a drive shaft of a small motor, and he could 
could paint the locomotives and cars on this ring and the thing it just went around in a circle it was a model of a working model railway in end scale it's like crazy crazy but uh, david has got plenty of other things on his website it's excellent layouts and track plans mainly in n and z uh plenty of uh inspirational photographs lot lots of ideas lots of track plans lots of he's built many many layouts in uh in z scale and n and they are all outstandingly detailed and very well finished this is a uh, great great uh, inspirational website for you but uh, a word of warning david is seriously ill and uh, not long for this world 10 months ago he was told he had 12 months to live oh nice so and he's very open and honest about his condition on the website. So don't be shocked when you uh, accidentally stumble on some honest thoughts about mortality in there somewhere. But the website for the, on the model railway front is absolutely outstanding. Mm. Well, with regards to our discussion about building flats, I'd like to recommend Clever Models. Uh, they sell many building kits you can print out on cardstock. They also sell various texture files, such as images of corrugated siding, clapboard, brick, stone, and even, you remember the old insel brick siding material? Mm -hmm. uh, that was something I remember when I was a kid. A lot of homes had that, and, and a lot of it was, you know, I still, in my area, there are still some homes around here that have some of that. Of course, they're, they're old buildings falling in now, but they're they're still out there. But uh, they have all those different images, and I purchased one of their texture CDs uh, several years ago, and I built several building flats using just those images. And you can print them out in, in eight and a half by eleven sheets. You can print those out, cut them into any shapes you want. They're not actually; they do sell actual kits that are that are marked, and you know they got the fold lines for everything and the windows and everything else. But the texture CD I have is just the texture, so you mm. you do all the things, you do the planning and. You put the windows in and everything else, and, and you, you make all the lines and the cuts and the measurements and everything else. Most of the files are in O scale, but you can adjust the scale by printing it in a reduced size, and that's pretty easy to do. Uh, they don't recommend enlarging the images. That really doesn't work well. So basically anything larger than O scale, it's trying to enlarge that to a larger scale isn't really going to work that well, and they don't recommend that. But uh, it works real well for O scale and smaller, and I've had experience with that and Ian I know you've used uh, some of the texture files as well haven't you oh yeah yeah I used uh, used them quite often and yeah I'm really really impressed with the quality of some of the they're um the, the ones that really impress me are like the wooden siding with the faded and chipped paint mm -hmm, mm -hmm, those yeah. those look superb and several different colors. That's the thing I really mm -hmm. like yeah. about it is they have several varieties of color. That's where there's a lot of uh, like old uh, train stations or depots, and you know they have just just about any combination of colors with it. And I think they've got a new uh, a second volume on texture CDs now. And uh, he also sells them on jump drives, and you can also download the images as well. You don't have to get them. You don't have to order the CD. But they also have something else, too, which I've, I've toyed with getting it. They've got the jump drives. You can order the flash drives, or you can get the CDs. They're image files for making ON30 and HON30 narrow-gauge rolling stock and locomotives. And he actually used to have a video on there where he had a little narrow-gauge layout that they made uh, 
um, the little critters, uh, the little locomotives in narrow gauge, and they're made out of cardstock. They put it on a mechanism and all, and it really, really looks nice. So I'm thinking about yeah. getting one of those. That's been kind of on my list of things I'd mm-hmm. like to get. I want to recommend everybody check that out. And they do have a website. I'm going to put this all on the links for inspiration on the um, blog page, but I'll also have it under the show notes for episode 11. But you can find all those things at clevermodels.squarespace.com. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Be sure to visit the Micro Model Railroad Cartel Facebook group. And hey, if you haven't joined, why don't you join? If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to contact us. And you can do that at our Cartel Conversations blog. And you can find that at microcartel.blogspot.com. You can also email your questions and comments to us at microcartel at aol.com. For myself and Ian, we wish you all good health and happy micromodeling. Thanks for listening. And a happy new year to everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs>